0: Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast, everyone. Due to recent circumstances, we are all stuck at home following social distancing laws due to COVID-19. Now, because of that, that gives us the opportunity to record at home. So we do apologize for the audio quality. It's not up to the usual Two Top standards, but we are doing the best we can. So please come and listen to this episode of Two Top and Hey, maybe you'll just learn a thing or two. Enjoy. Uh, Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. We're here in quarantine land, you know, since no one is being, you know, social, we couldn't be in the studio, but because of that, that also gives us the opportunity to talk to friends and, you know, get some more guests in. So today we have my friend here, Sherrod.
1: Hi, (laughs) everybody.
0: And. You know, he, we're friends from architecture, uh, the architecture program. We play a lot of video games together, you know, a classic friendship,
1: of course, but school and video games,
0: you, um, you said that you wanted to talk about something that I'm, I know recently you've had a fascination. And so do you want to dive into your topic?
1: Yeah. So I'm really excited to bring a topic to the table today and talk about bicycles and basically what has become my life commuting around the city, um, It's, it's an interesting, I guess, shift personally, because as a pedestrian exploring the city, you know, your, your range is like something that you're very conscious of. But when you, when you change the medium of transportation, I guess the way you perceive the city changes as well. And it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: You can go anywhere with a bike. I mean, like you can walk a certain distance, you can skate, you have a skateboard as well. You have a longboard, you can longboard a certain distance, but when you're on a bike,
1: you you feel you feel like your potential is endless. You can do anything, but at the same time, it it brings this painful reality. Uh, I guess to face you that the cities are not designed for cyclists or or pedestrians at all. Really,
0: at least not American cities. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> no sir. <laughs> I actually I I um so I just recently started bike like biking around the city. Um, last time I had a bike. I think I was 10. I got this uh, this nice Schwinn mountain bike, you know, it was, it was pretty good. And this is my first bike in basically 10 years. And oh boy, I wish I could go back to the suburbs and then just have open road because city drivers are not very uh, fond of the cyclists that they share the roads with.
0: So do you try, do you just like man your ground and like stay in the middle of the road or do you kinda like go off to the side?
1: Well, you know, it's there's there's tons of circumstances, you know, there's all these different interactions that you have with the, the automobiles on the road. Um, I Typically, I, I keep my, my distance and I try to imagine a sweet little bubble around me. But the crazy thing is, is that I, I imagine this bubble, but the cars behind me, they don't see a bubble at all. They just see road that is being occupied by someone with two wheels instead of four. And it causes some tension.
0: So has anybody honked at you or, like, just hit you by accident?
1: I've I've actually – I've gotten honked at. The honks, you know, sometimes you can't really tell, like, if they're malicious honks. Sometimes it's like a beep, beep, I'm right here, right behind you. Other times you can feel the anger in the honk and (laughs) the aggression. The aggression is is not lost. Um, (laughs) I think a honk
0: gets – you can gauge how aggressive a honk is by the longer it's held down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, de- there's definitely some uh, minute details to, to tip you in on, on whether it's a friendly honk or a uh, get-out-of-my-way honk. But, you know, honk's all the same. I've, I haven't gotten hit yet, thankfully. I came very close a couple of nights ago. Um, if, you, if you know, I was, I was on Norris uh, about to cross Broad Street, which is a, a pretty major street. I think it's four lanes right there. Um, maybe five with the cent- central turning lane. I was yeah, crossing the lane. The light was yellow, and the little pedestrian crosswalk thing was counting down pretty fast. I think I had like eight seconds to cross. So but you're on a bike. Yeah, I was engaging. My, my, my thighs were doing overtime. They were working really hard. <laughs> and I, I looked behind me, and there's also a car that looks like he wants to cross the street as well. You know, no turn signals, and he seems like he's in a rush to get where he's going. So I'm thinking, okay, me and this car we have 8 seconds across we'll cross together well this car you know he failed to inform me that he was actually turning he was doing a right turn and i was on the right side of the street so he actually cut me off with less than a foot of distance between us and i had to basically like swerve and go onto the sidewalk like behind me it was uh it was a like a a real dose of reality <laughs> that these cars do not care <laughs>
0: Now, whose fault is that? The guy not using his turn signal or just the both of you trying to, like, blow this yellow light? <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, you know, the yellow light, yellow lights are still, you can still go through a yellow light. But <laughs> cutting off someone without without using your turn signal, I'd say that's, uh, that's some poor street etiquette right there.
0: So do you, f- now, I feel like there's two types of bikers in a city. Now, do you follow traffic? Like, if it's red, it's red. If it's oh, green, it's I'm, green. I'm or do so you kind of just go, I'm a that. bike, like I'm going to cross when I can cross, <laughs> I'm going to go when I can go. a
1: great question. So I, <laughs> um, you know, red lights are, are interesting because on one hand, I feel like I'm a vehicle, but I'm also kind of a pedestrian. And if, if, you're, if you're walking on the sidewalk and you come to a red light and there's no cars, like you're going to cross that street. And that's exactly the mindset I like to apply when I'm, when I'm biking. But it doesn't always pay off, and honestly, I, I try to follow the traffic laws as much as I can, although when you're sitting, when you're, when you're sitting and you're coasting with all this speed coming towards a, an, an intersection, and you see there's no cars, it's really hard to, to put on the brakes just so I can get all that speed back. <laughs>
0: that's, that's definitely one way to think of it.
1: <laughs> as I said, you know, this is still like a new hobby for me, and... My, my my body isn't really where it needs to be to, to put it on the miles <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely feeling the burn on this bike too
0: I just find biking in cities just so amusing, it really is like the best way to get around, have you have you at least modded the bike, bu- I know you just got the bike what, in the beginning of the fall or like was, halfway through the fall it was the, the
1: beginning of, of this semester actually um, probably around February or March I, I bought it secondhand and I, I guess I'll plug my bike because I'm I'm a big fan of it it's a uh, 1986 Fuji Regis and it's got this nice navy blue with a uh, yellow decals on the side that says Fuji you know I, I gave it that sweet yellow bar tape that is improperly wrapped and it's falling off now but that's okay it gives a character <laughs> it's It really is something nice to ride and considering my last bike was was a you know heavy steel tubed mountain bike it was it's a lot lighter actually it's it's pretty incredible
0: well i have to go biking down like down to the. i guess it's actually not that south but we should go over to fairmount behind the art museum there's so many nice areas
1: yeah i um one of like the the trails i like going on if i'm trying to ride a long distance is just going up and down kelly drive it's it's interesting to go now, though, because during this quarantine and all, um, you go on Killy Driver, any nice public places like that, and it doesn't really feel like a quarantine.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how is biking during quarantine? Because I feel like in some areas, there's more people outside. Like, I recently went to a park. and I feel like it's the most people I've ever seen at a park ever.
1: Yeah, parks have become a commodity. Uh Fortunately, I I'm not a big park goer. I just like the trails, so I, I can typically avoid most of the people. But it's it's a little concerning to see all the people there, especially the ones that that aren't taking the right precautions to protect themselves and the people around them. But this I mean, this, this, this isn't a this podcast is about bicycles.
0: Yeah, this is about this bicycles. Is, it's not about a bike
1: episode. Not not, <laughs> not the pandemic episode.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about um electric bikes? Do you think that's cheating in the city?
1: Well, you know, as you said earlier, there's there's my, my fascination with skateboards and riding skateboards around the city, you know, there are electric skateboards, and I have to say that I, I want to say it's cheating, but I think I'm just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like that must be, I feel like electric bicycles are, are a little bit different just because of how bulky they are. Like, they're they're very different they're closer to motorbikes even if they're light frames like that's heavy you know i I couldn't carry that up my stairs to my apartment it's it's different and people that that choose to do that you know that's that's as long as they're being safe that's fine and obeying traffic laws
0: it makes you think it's like should electric vehicles be allowed on trails because they're you know they're not self-powered
1: yeah it's it's an interesting i guess boundary like where's the line drawn because there, there, are, there are those bicycles that have motors and they're they're assisted. You can still pedal and everything. And then there's bicycles that look like bicycles, but there's not really any need to pedal. Like you, you're almost entirely reliant on the motor.
0: So that's actually funny because that kind of brings. I'm kind of like starting to segue you into what I wanted to talk about because you talked about bikes. And I'm like thinking what's next in this transportation world you know people invented the bicycle and they're like oh bikes and then you know people did skateboards you have rollerblades but the people who rollerblade are weird you know you
1: forget the hoverboards
0: well that makes makes me think so recently my brother actually got an electric ripstick from kohl's it was like on sale for 30 bucks because that sounds i
1: think, so dangerous it should be illegal
0: <laughs> yeah because like that already is an odd way of transportation and then the minute you slap a motor on it you, <laughs> you start to get concerned but i was thinking it's like wow that's really cool and you know there's been so many like electric things you know electric cars powered bikes electric scooters even electric skateboards as you were saying but, like, there's even weird other designs, like hoverboards. There's the thing called the one wheel.
1: I've seen plenty of those.
0: And, you know, like, people invented bikes, and they were like, oh, that's not going to gonna be a fad, and then it lasted. People are like, skateboards and longboards, it's like, oh, these are all fads. But it kind of makes me think, it's like, what's the next thing that's going to stick? Right. Is, is it going to be the electric? Maybe, who knows? We haven't seen any electric rollerblades yet. Maybe that will be what, like, comes in and takes over.
1: You know, we're actually past the Renaissance of, of transportation. We peaked with the Heelys, and it, it's all been done.
0: <laughs> that was the last. That was the last addition to the, the process.
1: <laughs> the last real innovation.
0: <laughs> and you know, you think it's like, oh, well, I guess the next thing is automation. You know, we. But you think of like automatic cars, and you think of like, I know Tesla's not fully automated, but Tesla's pretty high end when it comes to electric car, and I can't. That's expensive
1: right,
0: and you're think it's kind of like all right, well, if that's the high end what's what's the like consumer level like advancement and hoverboards hoverboards were a big fat obviously they they yeah. came and they um almost immediately went once they started catching on fire and uh just being in banned banned in every single place that they could <laughs> be banned, so I don't think. Our city's almost ready for another type of transportation, because we can't really advance any f- more forward until we have the infrastructure to support something like that Absolutely. think of Think of the electric scooters that have been introduced around the world
1: That's something I was about to bring up I, I, I don't know if you've mentioned it, but we live in Philadelphia, and I, I can't imagine the chaos that would they ensue almost if, came. If those were they available. were going to
0: come last summer. Or maybe the summer before that, and oh, I can only imagine the result of all that.
1: I I actually have a fascination with those scooters as well. I I visited a city. I I went to Atlanta. I think last last year for Thanksgiving, and those scooters, they are. It is such an interesting way to observe communities because you'll be driving through the suburbs right outside the city and. They're just abandoned like in bushes. That's not where scooters go. That's not their charging stations. They don't live there. They don't live in and, the bush.
0: And what's wild is like seeing a scooters littered across a lawn is like it's not it's not like plastic bottles are trash. It's like these are objects. These are this is, like, not something that you want in your lawn. This is not right. something that's going to biodegrade and, like, maybe get, like, picked up by a squirrel to make a nest. Like, no, this is an electric scooter and there's five of them in my front bush and I'm I'm pretty upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so what, where were you going with the, the the new technologies, the consumer level?
0: I just, I'm thinking maybe there's something here that, like, I feel like there's going to be a moment in the coming years where there's going to be a new, like a new push. Right. And I think, I really think that someone's going to try to do something uh, vertically. There's going to be some sort of vertically. I mean, all right, Shroud, you're, you're an architect. We, we're architects. Um, l- yes. I just wrote a paper on Frank Lloyd Wright. And like, even the dude back then, modernist was like, we're gonna fly. Like the the minute we can fly is the minute that the city's gonna die because the suburbs are gonna be. That's
1: true. Frank Lloyd Wright's visions for for cities and like his his approach towards planning out communities was very fantastical, very uh, futuristic, and I think it would absolutely kill the suburbs if your commute is is shortened because you can just fly to work.
0: But um, it makes me think it's like with everything going up and almost everything being more dense and vertical, maybe there's going to be some, maybe it's the time that, you know, cities start to integrate upwards with their transportation. I think of the beginning, like you have the high line in New York, but it doesn't really necessarily fill that purpose. But then you look at what we have here in Philly, the starting of the the rail park, and it goes into the idea of, you know, maybe maybe there could be a transportation network solely for pedestrians in these cities. And that adds a whole nother level of access.
1: Right. I I think think the high line was sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: uh, I just, I think that American cities, they're kind of screwed. Like the Europeans understood like biking. Europeans understood trains. The U S saw capitalism and then they saw capitalism. Well,
1: I think a really great way to, think about the, the Europe, European versus American cities is the eras that that, that that they were founded and the times that they were sort of how they grew over the, the decades. Like, America as a country is really only maybe 300 years old, if if I'm doing math anywhere near correctly. A little bit less, actually.
0: It's like there's, 250.
1: Yeah, there's cities in, in Europe that have existed for twice that, even more. And the, the infrastructure that they've developed over that time and I guess, society that was inhabiting that, that space has changed with the, with the times. And the way Americans prioritize their urban and suburban environments is is almost totally opposite. And I think so, the, the capitalism of, like, General Motors and pushing automot- automobiles on, on, you know, the community is another example of, of how the cities are, aren't really lending to pedestrian travel.
0: So you kind of going, concluding all that, maybe the new addition that we need is not necessarily another means of transportation, but maybe it's another means of infrastructure. Right. Because I, I mean, even if you watch, look, Elon Musk uh, was at the hyper tunnel, Hyperloop, mm-hmm. um, And even if you look at videos for like automatic transportation, all that, it's none of it uses modern like current time infrastructure everything is on redesigned infrastructure
1: right i i think it, it was a really great example to bring up the highline because being able to connect a city through this entirely pedestrian experience is really powerful and, you, and as a pedestrian if you're navigating that environment you can really f- feel a shift in how you engage with the city around you
0: like, would not it be nice to bike, and like be above the cars, and you know have storefronts on this walkway instead of, you know, being honked by the guy trying to blow the red light, and you're in his way to make his right
1: turn. Absolutely. Like, doesn't that sound a little better?
0: Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that it does have this uh this this appeal to it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just really think though, in the next couple years, there's gonna be some changes to our cities. I mean, it probably won't start here on the East Coast. It definitely will start on the West Coast because, you know, a lot of this stuff is privatized. Our government is slow, but also the way our economy works, it kind of lends to, hey, Google, hey, Amazon, you want to give us all, like, 10 gigabit, like, networking? Right. Like, that's not the government. The government doesn't view Internet as a necessity yet. But I don't know. After this pandemic, things might change. But that's a different story. But if it's, hey, Google, you want to do self-driving cars? Hey, Tesla, you want to do self-driving cars? Then it might be, hey, Google, Tesla, you might want to uh, upgrade the roads. You might make your own roadways.
1: Well, it also might come as a response. Like, the infrastructure for cars was built in response to the booming automobile market that required these infrastructures, like, to support a U.S. economy and to support domestic industries. The infrastructure has to exist. So if, if there's a private company that can push the agenda, it's likely we could see a response from, you know, the government level.
0: But you know what? For now, I guess we're just going to ride our bicycles and, like, hope not to get hit.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Make sure you're wearing a helmet.
0: Yeah. I know you have a helmet, right? Oh, yeah. I uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Helmets are they're, – they're, they're blessed. I love my helmet
0: yeah well i know for a while you didn't have one so i'm glad you're finally wearing one (laughs) you of all people
1: (laughs) well when you spend like 20 minutes combing your hair and there's all this stuff in it (laughs) it feels like you're just destroying something beautiful
0: (laughs) you put so much effort in i understand it's okay (laughs) yeah well i guess i'll have to when once things start to clear up i'll have to bring my bike down to the city i mean i should probably put some i should get a lock i should probably um put some security bolts on it but
1: it's one of the most exciting things to do because you you, like i've always felt so limited being you could
0: only go north north and south or east and west never both at the same time
1: you you had you had the the public transportation which is pretty straightforward but you you still feel limited in, in how you can navigate but you know having these two wheels and couple of gears chucked in there you feel like you can go anywhere
0: <laughs> all right well i think that rounds this episode out for two top Sherrod, thank you for like bringing our uh insider's input on biking in philadelphia
1: hey thanks for having me
0: yeah well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of two top and we'll see you guys again next time for another two topics bye <laughs> The Two Top Podcast this week was created by Thomas Lance and edited by Thomas Lance. The music from this episode comes from Leah Roosevelt and his music for podcasting. If you'd like to support the show, please follow us on Patreon. You can find us at Two Top Podcast. Any donation helps and we even have a couple cool perks going along with it. You can find us on social media on Instagram and Twitter and we even have a website twotoppodcast.com. For any general inquiries, you can send us an email over to two top podcast at gmail.com. And this was Two Top. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week for another Two Topics.